It's Angela Yee, and I'm telling you right now that the Alive Podcast Network app is the best directory of podcasts created for us by us. From relationships to making money moves, there's a show that'll captivate every listener. And for my fellow Black creatives, this is a call to action to take your brand and monetization to the next level. It's for the culture. Join the movement and sign up today. You can thank me later. Download the Alive Podcast app for free or subscribe for $20 for six months to experience ad-free listening. I can just relate to many of the stories and the backgrounds of people in minority communities. And so I can extrapolate some of my experiences and, and, and some of my the processes that I went through so I can guide people in a more genuine and authentic way because I can empathize. I can put myself in their shoes. I can kind of know more about what they went through because as a minority, I have gone through it myself. Welcome to Sex and Color, the show featuring all things sex and sexual wellness from BIPOC voices in the field. I'm your host, Adriel Collins. I am an LPC, sex therapist, coach, educator, struggling PhD student, and self-proclaimed sex nerd. I am also the owner of Melanin Sex Therapy in Dallas, Texas. I am so excited to get into today's episode. Today, we're going to hear from Dr. Tanjanika Kwaskwud, or Dr. Tanji, about sexual surrogacy. You've probably heard a thing or two about sexual surrogacy in the media, but you've likely asked, what the hell is it? We're going to be telling you that and everything you need to know about it and so much more. Spoiler alert, it doesn't actually involve sex. So let's get into it. Dr. Tanji is a clinical sexologist, sexual health educator, and surrogate partner therapy facilitator. She's the founder and principal of Texas Sexual Health and a health provider at Renewal Medical Centers of North Texas and Dallas. And perhaps more importantly, she's the woman taking my podcast virginity. So, hi, Dr. Tanji. Thank you so much for being on the show. How are you today? Hello, I am so happy to be here. Thank you for the invite. And I am so happy to be taking your podcast, Virginity. Yay. (laughs) So first question, how did you become a, a sex surrogate? Like what made you want to get into that field as a way of helping people? Well, that's a great question. And thank you for asking it. Uh, Well, I was probably a surrogate back in the day. And I'll explain a little bit more about how I became a a certified surrogate. So it's actually called surrogate partner therapy nowadays or intimate surrogate partner therapy. It used to be called sex surrogacy, but we do so much more. And I'm sure we will get into that as the show progresses. But basically, When I was younger, I always took on a role of helping people, men specifically, through their sexual insecurities or sexual concerns. And I kind of took them by the hand and guided them through the process of reclaiming their intimacy and sexuality and understanding things and working on some skills. So I was doing that intuitively, but I did not know that there was such a thing as a sex surrogate or a surrogate partner facilitator. And when I went to school to do my doctorate degree in sexology, I actually came across a book about the first male surrogate, sex surrogate. 
And I was intrigued. I was actually very excited and I it resonated with me. And I thought, this is something that I want to do. This is something that I have been doing. And I like therapy in general. However, surrogate partner therapy is something that allows people in a very safe environment to actually practice and acquire skills that otherwise they wouldn't be able to access. So that was an appeal to me to be able to have that practical experience and help guide people in a very concrete way through their sexuality and their sexual wellness journeys. So that's something that definitely called me to the field and it's beautiful work. I love it. It's probably my my favorite thing to do in the world is to be a surrogate. That's amazing. And I think that you are absolutely right. So as a sex therapist who doesn't do um, intimate partner surrogacy, after the talk work is done, I would say a lot of, it's usually my men, um, right, that come in and they are like, well, I've never learned how to do this, or my wife doesn't like it when I do that, or it's just they are wanting extra guidance that therapy may or may not necessarily provide. So it sounds like uh, intimate partner surrogacy, that is something that helps fill in those gaps. And so how do you see intimate partner surrogacy like working hand in hand with sex therapists like myself? That actually is part of the model. It, oh. We cannot be surrogates without a licensed practitioner overseeing the whole process. And this is for a few reasons. It is not only for checks and balances as far as the ethical boundaries of the process, but also to support that client throughout the process. Obviously, as we know, there's a lot of things that would make people come to a surrogate partner therapy situation people who have had maybe past sexual trauma, maybe past familial abuse, maybe body deformations, just you name it. There's a lot of reasons why somebody would come and seek these services. And so as such, when we're working with a hands-on approach, inevitably there's a lot of emotional and mental stuff that will come up. And as a surrogate, we cannot undertake the role of the therapist. So the client has to have a therapist on their side, also supporting and guiding and providing that extra uh, stepping stone into that development process. And also as a surrogate, I have to communicate with the therapist to strengthen areas of concern, just to make sure that we're working hand in hand for the betterment of that client. Sometimes the licensed therapist is the one who brings about certain concerns or areas for me to work on and vice versa. Sometimes I find things in the process and I communicate with the licensed therapist that is attending the whole process and I let them know, hey, there, something came up during our last session, you may want to address this with the client. So we just want to make sure that there's no confusion, that this client is totally supported emotionally, mentally, and that we're providing the 
fair and just care for this person so they can fulfill their intimacy goals. Yes. Yes. It all goes back to therapy and like therapy working hand in hand with this, uh, with this experience. And that is why I put the spoiler alert, because I think when most people think about intimate partner surrogacy or even as it used to be called sexual surrogacy, like the first thing their mind goes to is like, you're sleeping with people or like, this is a person where I go to, to have sex with. So could you talk more about what intimate partner surrogacy isn't? Yes. Um, So that's very funny that you say that. I think there's a lot of people who have in their minds that we're just here providing sex services, that we're just here. Yeah, I get that with sex therapy too. (laughs) Right. We open the door in lingerie and (laughs) red lips and pearls. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And we just invite people in and it's all a sex party after that. And it's further from from that situation. Mm -hmm. So basically this this scenario, uh, surrogate partner therapy is not sex work. So it's not us providing tricks or working on a an a la carte menu and clients just coming to us and saying, hey, can you teach me how to do oral sex, which is something that I have gotten over the years. I usually send them somewhere else. Uh, I tell them to look elsewhere uh, for other resources, maybe in the community. But that's not something that we do. We come here also to help people who are pretty much desperate many times. So I don't want to take away from the actual clients that we have. They are very accomplished, many of them. They have accomplished many great things in their lives, but they do carry this insecurity inside. They feel like a fraud because in one hand, they're able to navigate the world in many other ways, but in their intimacy, they're lagging, they're they're missing something, they don't feel whole, they have these gaps that they don't know how to fill. Not everybody is an intuitive lover. We're not equipped, we don't, we're not born with just the tools to become instantly great, absolutely amazing lovers. And so they come with a lot of humility. They come with a lot of nerves and embarrassment and shame and guilt. They come with a lot of trauma, many of them. They come with a lot of questions that they haven't been able to answer many times. So we have to know a lot about the human psyche. We have to know a lot about emotions. We have to know about how the body works, how the mind works, how the brain works. So we have to really guide this person through those processes, which are very, very hard for these clients. It's very hard for them to knock on the door and make that first appointment. So they're not here just to get their virginity over with. They're here to learn. They're they're here because they want to be a bona fide intimate partner for somebody else later in life. And they know that they have things to learn so they can bring their best to the table in that regard. So definitely no sex work. We're not performing tricks. We are doing a lot of things that for a lot of people may sound like, oh, you're just doing, you know, just hand caress and a foot caress and 
a, a, a head caress. I mean, what is that? You're just teaching people how to feel. You're teaching people how to be in their bodies, how to accept that they are sexual beings, how to accept that they have a sexuality that is their right to exercise in the most ethical way possible. You are helping people realize their intimacy and sexual potential. You are helping people just feel as human beings because many of them don't just because they feel like they don't have the tools to be loved and accepted by somebody else. So this is a very long and drawn out emotional work that we do, and it takes a while. That is one thing that I hope people will take away because I like what you said, that we are not born with, you know, that ability to be like great lovers. Like sometimes that that is learned, that is learned through experiences with the partners that we have over the years that is taught to us by life experiences. And if you've never really had those, or if you've never really felt comfortable in your own body, or you've experienced a lot of trauma, and like, you just don't feel safe in your body, I think that you don't get that. And I think that that's also a huge misconception out there, especially when it comes to sex, at least from what I've seen is that people feel like they are just supposed to automatically know, right? And if mm-hmm. they don't know, then like you're saying, they don't feel whole and like they feel like they're broken or something is wrong with them, but that's not the reality. And so it sounds like you give people for the first time a safe space to be curious about their bodies and about themselves and just to admit like, I don't know and it's okay that I don't know. And this is why I'm here seeking out these services. So I'm just, I'm snapping along with you, Dr. Tanti. <laughs> Absolutely. And I also want people to know that this is not a fast process. Yeah. For instance, I have people, what I call the later in life virgins, mm-hmm. which are men, predominantly, although there are also women who haven't had their sexual initiation yet. However, they're in their late 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. And they have probably gone to school and gotten their degrees and worked in very nice fields. And they're very smart people. But because of their background, as you said, they have never been able to feel safe in a relationship. They have never learned the skills that you start learning ever since you are a child. And they come from environments that are very dysfunctional. They come from environments that didn't lead them to feel safe or have permission to have those experiences. And so when they get here, they are starting from zero. So basically you can have a 50-year-old or a 60-year-old who has never had any sexual contact, has never learned anything about sex, is scared to even think about it, but that they know that they want it. And so the process for them, I mean, imagine they have a lot of years to catch up with. And so on average, I can have somebody here And this is like the minimum is six months, but I don't think I have ever had anybody for six months. Usually it takes them a full year to go through the program and to slowly build up not only the skills, but the confidence 
to actually go out in the world and start pursuing opportunities for dating, for getting to know other people. Usually I am the first person who accepts them the way they are, the way they come. And we go through that acceptance process for themselves as well. If you are not able to accept yourself the way you are, then it's very hard for you to trust that others will. And if you were never modeled that, and it's even harder. So basically what we're doing as surrogates is modeling what a healthy, functional, fulfilling, intimate relationship is like in all its manifestations. So it's not only about touch and pleasure, it is about acceptance, it is about communication, it is about consent, it is about being able to negotiate and navigate those situations with somebody else who is totally different than you. It is about taking risks, managing rejection. It is about seeing that there are possibilities where you didn't see any, that there are opportunities to go meet people, have platonic and also romantic relationships potentially when you didn't see that that was possible for you. It's absolutely beautiful and life altering and transforming. And I cannot speak more about it because, I mean, I would drive people crazy. This is absolutely transformative work. And I wish that more people would know about us so they would come to us and continue on these journeys in their lives to fulfill their sexual potential. Yes. And you know, hopefully, I know you do like a lot of speaking engagements and things like that. And that was the purpose of me wanting you to be on this podcast, because like what you said there was super powerful, too. And it sounds like the end game is not just teaching people how to be sexual or to have active sex lives. It is about relationship building at the end of the day. It is about building that safety and acceptance in one's own person first before you can go out and start to seek relationships with other people. And I also like the fact that you also teach people how to handle rejection because I feel like that doesn't get talked about enough when it comes to dating and sex. Um, Sometimes with people they get rejected so many times they feel like they are doing something wrong or it's the other person or they should just give up altogether. And I don't really feel like there are too many spaces out there that provide and that equip people to handle rejection and to accept that. Yeah, rejection sucks, but it's part of the process. And how do you keep going even though you've been rejected, even though it's been, you're a 50-year-old virgin and you haven't had any type of sexual contact. So I do agree with you that this is very life-changing. And as far as goals go, is it like the client sets the goals or you work together to come up with a set of goals or are there no goals or how do you know when it's time for a client to be discharged from your services? So from the very beginning, that's a very important question. From the very beginning, I am very transparent about how the process goes and that the process has a beginning and it will have an end. 
So that's clearly specified from the get-go, from before they become clients. Yeah. Usually for me particularly, I have my MO, I have you know my own method of doing things. And so if somebody inquires about surrogate partner therapy, I send them a fact sheet, which is like four pages of all the questions that I have ever been asked about surrogate partner therapy, what it is, what it isn't, what you can expect, what goes on in a session, all of those questions. And in that fact sheet, there's very clearly stated that the process will have a beginning and it will have an end. We work collaboratively, or however you say that word, to... Uh, to come up with with the end of the process. So it's not something that I do in isolation. It's not something that I just decide because it's very important for that client to not only feel involved, but feel empowered and to feel like, okay, now is is my time for me to go and pursue opportunities on my own. So we come up with this end date together. It's not something that we just do. I just do arbitrarily. And as far as the goals go, we sit down in our first meet and we go over what brought you here, why are you here, why are you pursuing, what are your goals? And usually there's a set of goals, there's not just one. They can change and evolve sometimes throughout the process, but pretty much everybody just wants to not only pursue a relationship later on, but the most important thing that they want is to feel like they are a sexual being and that that is okay. Yeah. That they have a sexuality that they haven't tapped into and they want to know what that looks like. They want to know what that feels like. They want to know how can they take space in the world by being sexual beings. And so that's probably the most important goal that everybody has. Everybody wants that confidence. Everybody wants to know that in spite of their challenges, their past, their current condition, they are worth it. They are, they have worth, they have value. And so most, I mean, most of them, probably all of them, that's what they pursue. But we work on that together. And it's very important to set those clear goals and expectations so they can move throughout the process with the confidence that they're achieving milestones that they set out for themselves. Yes, yes, that's awesome. And uh, I have like so many more questions, <laughs> but I know we are running short on time. But real quick, trans folks and um, the LGB community, how does sexual surrogacy work with those folks? And is that a com- is that a population that you work with as well? That is such an amazing question. Thank you so much for asking it. I have personally worked with the trans community, especially after transitioning. And so for many of them, it's very important now that they have claimed a body that they feel more comfortable in, that they agrees more with what they feel inside, that is more congruent with who they are. Now they have to navigate a new body that they weren't born into. So now everything has to make sense sexually, intimately. And so I have worked with people post-transition. I have worked with people who are exploring, not necessarily yet transitioning, but definitely questioning 
or wanting to transition. And basically what they want is that safety to start exploring, okay, now in my new body, how, how does this work? How are we going to do this? How am I going to now accept this new body and use it sexually, intimately to form healthy relationships? So there's a lot of work in that regard to be done with the trans community. I think we can provide a great service and be an ally and be a great resource for those folks prior or after transitioning. And as far as the rest of the LGBTQ plus community, I think the same. There are surrogates I know that cater to specific folks in that community. So for instance, you will have male surrogates who, t- who work with maybe gay uh, guys. And so they would feel more comfortable navigating that intimacy with another man. So they go ahead and do that. Um, I know there are women who have approached me too. And although I don't have necessarily the mechanisms to teach completely what it is like to be a man, because most of the women that I have been approached by are heterosexual, they do value the opportunity to learn to be in this intimate environment without the pressure of having a man initially take them by the hand through that process. So there's a lot that we can teach across the board, and it doesn't necessarily matter what genitals we have when we're surrogates, unless obviously the surrogate prefers a certain kind of individual and vice versa, that the client would feel more comfortable. For instance, a woman who would, although she's heterosexual, she would feel like starting out on this journey with a woman is a little bit safer for her than to just go and jump in with a man, for instance. So we have a lot to bring to the table, but absolutely I would encourage anybody to do that soul searching, not only as a surrogate, but also as a client and decide for themselves, what is it that I would feel more comfortable with? But also keep an open mind because again, there are situations which we can provide great service and it does. we don't have to be constricted by what we own between the legs. Yes, this is true. I find that to be very true with sex therapy. I work very well with men who have erectile dysfunction and I am not a penis owner, but I think that that's where that empathy and that curiosity and, you know, the providing the safe space for the client to explore comes in and helps the client with that process. So my last question before I let you go This is Sex and Color, so this is about BIPOC sexuality voices um, in the field. So how has being a woman of color, how does that show up in how you work with clients? And I don't know if, like, how does it influence how you help your clients? I think it has worked to my advantage in many ways. As you know, probably it's, this is true across the board, Unfortunately, BIPOC people have been sexualized over history. And so for whatever reason that are not pertaining to this podcast, we're looked at in a more sexual way by others. 
And so in that sense, I think it has worked in to my benefit to be less frowned upon because I am a surrogate. <laughs> it's it I don't know if people expect it or that oh yeah, that makes sense. You know, you're a woman of color. Yeah, sure, like you can be a surrogate. So oh, I haven't wow. taken it negatively. Uh, I have taken it as yes, I am empowered to do this work and I don't need obviously permission from society to do it. But if it's going to make my life easier, then I'll take it. But uh, it hasn't hindered me, not that I know of. I do get the vast majority of clients probably who are white. Um, I've had Indians, Middle Easterns, Black, Hispanic. So I've had everything probably across the board. And at least from those clients' perspectives, it hasn't been an issue. It has been also something that has helped me guide the clients, especially when they're minorities, because as a minority myself, not where I grew up, I grew up in Puerto Rico and obviously there everybody's Puerto Rican, but then I came here and I am a minority. Yes. And having been brought up in a Hispanic household, I can just relate to many of the stories and the backgrounds of people in minority communities. And so I can extrapolate some of my experiences and and, and some of my the processes that I went through so I can guide people in a more genuine and authentic way because I can empathize. I can put myself in their shoes. I can kind of know more about what they went through because as a minority, I have gone through it myself. And even if they are, for instance, just a middle-aged white man, they are in the minority probably, and they feel like so because they are virgins, many of them. They haven't had any sex. So they do feel like kind of an outcast or different. And so that is something that I can also empathize with. So I think it's helped my empathy, my compassion, my intuition, and just the ability to use my skills in a transferable way to relate to the stories of the clients that I serve. Thank you so much, Dr. Tanji, for being on the show today. I learned a whole lot and I hope that our listeners did too. So can you let people know where they can find you? Yes. So the best way is probably to just go to my website, texassexualhealth.com. Everything that you need to know is on the website or pretty much most of what you need to know. I think it's very easy to remember, texassexualhealth.com. And there you can have questions answered. You can see what we do. And you can also keep in touch with us either by phone or by sending a message through the website. You can also make an appointment if you're in the Texas area or not, because I do get a lot of people from other states who come to my practice, and I would be delighted to work with anybody and to collaborate with you, Adriel, in future ventures, since I am always teaming up with sex therapists to be able to do my work. That's a wrap for today's episode of Sex and Color. Don't forget that we are a part of the Alive Podcast Network and you can subscribe for ad-free listening. New episodes drop every Tuesday and you can also follow me wherever you get your podcasts. Also, follow me on Instagram at Sex and Color Pod. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, I'm Adriel Collins and this has been Sex and Color. Sex and Color.